In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins and the grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my guardian angel, intercede for me. The month of November is a usual time when the church um, encourages or makes reminds the faithful to pray for the faithful departed, reminds those of us still here on this earth, to pray for those brothers and sisters of ours in the faith who've, who've passed out of this, this life. We can take advantage of this encouragement from our mother, the church, in our meditation now, in our time of prayer with our Lord here, for those of us who are here in the oratory in a chapel. And we ask you, Lord, to have mercy on the souls of all the faithful departed. We ask that you bring them to heaven by the merits of the infinite sacrifice of the Holy Mass. And let us pray in a special way for our deceased relatives and friends. Of course, for your parents, if that's the case. My parents have passed away. I pray for them. Grandparents, aunts and uncles, and maybe have a brother or sister who may have passed away. We entrust them to the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ. Many prayers are being offered these days for the souls of the faithful departed. And we believe that our prayers can help them, especially the souls in purgatory. If they, we're talking about the souls in purgatory, those who have left this life in friendship with God and grace, but having to make up for some of their mm, sins, their transgressions, that they, have, they need to purify their souls so they can appear before God completely washed, completely clean. And we believe this because we believe in the communion of saints, which we say in the creed, that we can pray for each other, people on this earth, and we can pray for those in purgatory, the, the, the church suffering, as we say. We're part of the church militant. We're working at it. We're working through our, our, our own salvation day by day, you and I being here. And the church triumphant, those who made it to heaven. So as we keep the souls of the faithful departed in mind, again, especially anybody we may have known, it's also a great time, and that's the, this is the topic of our meditation, our time of prayer, if you wish, you want to follow along, which we could consider the reality of death. Now, <laughs> the reality of death is a traditional thing to pray about in this time of year. It's also not the most comfortable thing to pray about, a little bit uncomfortable, or it can seem to be. Mm, it's uncomfortable because it's definitive. It's uncomfortable because we're, when we say death, we mean actually what we really mean is that this life, the life on this earth that I know, the only one that I know, is going to end, that I will have to step out of this world and leave it behind. 
in a definitive way. But it doesn't mean I stop existing. And really, it doesn't mean I stop living. I just don't live in this world. And that's why it's uncomfortable. Because it's an event that basically happens one time. And it's definitive. But it shouldn't surprise us too much. It shouldn't um, make us too, too uncomfortable. Because that this, we prepare, we're preparing, basically, we should be preparing all of our lives for that moment. In this time of the year, uh, on Sundays, the Gospels, um, the last, these are the last Sundays in ordinary time. Tomorrow we hit the 32nd Sunday in ordinary time. There's 34. And then we begin Advent. It's the end of the liturgical cycle. And all the Gospels in the three-year cycle that we have usually center on aspects of, of our Lord's coming, aspects of getting ready for the moment when we will meet our Lord. So in being in rhythm with the, the mind of the liturgy of the church, let's take a look at tomorrow's Gospel of the Mass. The kingdom of heaven shall be compared to ten maidens who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. For when the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them, but the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. But at midnight there was a cry, Behold, the bridegroom! Come out to meet him. Then those maidens who rose, then all those maidens, they rose, they trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise replied, Perhaps there will not be enough for us and for you. Go rather to the dealers and buy for yourselves. And while they went away to buy the oil, the bridegroom came. And those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast, and the door was shut. Afterward, the other maidens came also, and they, were, and they said, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he replied, Truly I say to you, I do not know you. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. It's not unusual that when our Lord says the kingdom of heaven makes a comparison, he often uses the wedding feast image. It's a feast of joy, of great celebration, in which the bride and bridegroom, of, of course, celebrate, the families of the bride and the bridegroom, and all the friends of the bride and the bridegroom, and the whole town, the whole community celebrates. The weddings in our Lord's time were... Mm, several day events for the most part, big deal, people coming together. And like our the weddings, probably you know that I know, a time for a gathering of many people, even if it's one day or the night before in the rehearsal, then the wedding, but of joy. And this is what our Lord wants to communicate, that the kingdom of heaven, heaven is a great place of joy. In fact, our Lord, it, it's so rich that it's, 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 
it's difficult for our Lord to use the words to get across. It's a, it, heaven, we know, is a participation in, in the life of God. A, the source, it be participating in the life of God, which is the source of all that is good, wonderful, beautiful. And that's why I say that while death, the, the, the idea of leaving this world is uncomfortable, it's the doorway to heaven, the doorway to the afterlife, the life after this one. But our Lord says, you, we want to be prepared. We want, we want to set our sights to go there. And this is what the parable of the ten virgins is about. Because all ten go out to meet the bridegroom. They all want to go to the wedding feast. And you suppose in the cultural context, and certainly in ours, if you think of going to a wedding, you think, well, you get lots of time to prepare. Uh, save the date invitations go out, maybe six or eight months in advance then the actual invitation comes in a, many times in a beautiful envelope with an envelope inside, with maybe another one inside, you know, so that you can send back your, I'm coming, you're not coming, how many people, a picture of the bride, the, 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 the bride and groom. I mean, it's a, a big deal and it's eminently a joyful event. Well, this is, this is what we're preparing for. And like a wedding, even much more than a wedding, we're getting lots of advance warning that this is coming, this is going to happen. And it's something really to look forward to. Now that's, yeah, you say, okay, do I really look forward to the day I'm going to die? Well, yeah, no, I mean either. But look forward to, from a supernatural point of view, that is a, the, the perspective of faith with trust in our Lord, well, this is what I mean. This, this, I mean, this life's going to end, so that's why I want to go. I really do. And I, I, I tell our Lord, I do want to go to heaven because I want to love you above all things. And I want all my friends, people I know, and anybody who's met me in pastoral ministry to go to heaven, Lord. Because that's what counts. But we go back to the parable. It's a bit disconcerting because five don't make it. They're five wise, they're ready to go. The five foolish of the maidens, they're not ready. Great procrastinators because they're not, they're, they don't have enough oil. In fact, the, the words at the end that the bridegroom, we suppose, certainly the, the person in charge of the wedding feast, when the five foolish maidens arrive after supposedly buying more oil but too late, and they bang on the door and they say, Lord, Lord, open to us. The words are, are unnerving. Yeah, so death is not easy. Truly, I say to you, I do not know you. I remember hearing or reading in a, a homily where those, the, the, such terrible words to hear. We pray we would never hear them from our life. I don't know who you are. 
well, our Lord knows us because we're here with him now. We're giving him some time to pray. And what we would like to do is to take advantage of the moments we have, this moment, to learn what our Lord wants to teach the people that were listening to him in that parable, and, and also us, because his words are perennial. And so we are, the, we, he, is, he is telling us this parable. The Holy Spirit is telling us this parable. And so we're here to speak to him about it. That's what I offer you. What, is this, what does it say to you? Well, I know that one day for me, I know that I will step out of this world. I, I mean, that's a given. I don't think anybody would argue with that. But there is life afterwards. And the question is, uh, am I preparing? And that, that, the, that means, am I putting oil into the lamp? Am I gathering up oil to put into flasks, to be ready so that whenever the bridegroom comes, whenever our Lord comes for me, am I going to be ready? It's the oil in the lamp that allows the flame of our Christian life to burn brightly. The light of a Christian in this world. It's a light that is fueled by love of God. And that love of God is manifested in good deeds, and that's the flame. And our Lord tells us. It, 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 it catches a lot of people by surprise. There are other parables that other other parables in these days that the church offers to us. You know, it's like the master coming home in the middle in the middle of the night. Is the servant going to be ready? And this day will come upon you like a thief. Often our Lord says, "Watch, be ready." And that's what happens to the to the vir to the to the maidens, the, these women, the, the virgins. Is sometimes translation that they 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 want to go. Um, but in, in the parable, this parable, our Lord says, they all fall asleep. Well, sleep is the sleep of death. But it's also, it's interesting, they all fall asleep. It's not, you know, it's not just the five foolish ones that fall asleep and miss, miss the bridegroom. It, they all fall asleep. And one way we can look at it, one, I think it's a, a valid way of, of, of helping us to see what our Lord maybe wanted to teach us. One common commentary in this passage, it, they all sleep, meaning that you know, the wise maidens have no inherent quality that automatically puts them at an advantage over the foolish maidens. They are not, you know, it's not like, it's not like, the, it's not like the wise are made for holiness. They're, they just naturally incline to holiness, naturally gravitate towards that. They didn't have a superior, superior gifts that God gave them. What I'm trying to say is that we can't plead that, well, God has somehow shortchanged me on this, this issue of talents or inclination to be good. Um, if I had that inclination, if I had those talents, if I had those desires, um, then I would, of course, I would be good. I don't find it easy. And this is somehow that line of reasoning which may not come explicitly, but implicitly, 
makes God an unjust judge or an unjust God. It's to say, I have to take responsibility for perhaps my sluggishness, my hardness of heart, my lack of response. You know, I have to be ready. The oil of good works, and no one else can do those good works for you. And that's why the wise cannot give to the foolish the oil. It's not just they don't have enough. It's that it's, it's impossible to transfer those good works. I have to live my life making my decisions, and I want to make them in line with what I believe our Lord to transmit as revealed truth and a way of living the gospel message that I want to incarnate. And you have to make that decision too. And every person in the world makes that decision according to the lights and graces that God has given him. And since God is all just, he will give each person the necessary graces and lights to choose him to go to heaven. Those of us baptized and in the Catholic Church, we have the great advantage of having the fullness of faith and all the helps. But it is your life, your freedom to choose to live as you wish and as I wish. But for me, my Christian, my attitude, my perspective, is I, I, I do want to fill the lamp with the oil of good works, of love of God that shines forth with good works. Not that I do it for that reason, but good works to give glory to God. And even though you know, our Lord, this, I hope that I don't want this meditation or this time of prayer or my preaching to be a downer for you. I mean, the words are difficult. You know, Lord, Lord, open to us. It's, it, as I always say, it's, it's, not like the, it's not like the foolish virgins, virgins or maidens tried to steal it from the, from the wise. You know, hey, do you give us some oil? No. Okay, well, we're going to take it by force. I mean, it wasn't they became mean about it. It's they wanted to meet the, the bridegroom. And, they, and when they realize, I don't have, we don't have enough oil, well, they're going off to buy it. But when they get back, the door is shut. The door is shut. And the words, I do not know you. I don't want to hear those words. But then after that, our Lord's words to the people, to the listeners, then that's to you and me, to you and me. Watch or stay awake, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. That is, look, now's the time. You have a chance. Here you are. And you're listening to me, and you can, you can stay awake, or you can keep trying to stay awake. Do what's necessary to stay awake, to watch, to be on guard. Focus now. And that's what our Lord is doing. He's putting the, he's putting the attention, now he's bringing it off of the parable, which is just a parable, our Lord's parable, a teaching, it's a way of teaching us, helping us. And he's taking it out of the parable, and then he's the one line, but one line that brings us to the, to the reality, the, the day-in, day-out life. That's what he's done. So what are you going to do? Watch, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. You've gotten a, you, you, you know this already. You know, the invitation's already there. You have your invitation to the wedding feast, to, the, to heaven. You have it in a very direct way. Well, you have it when you were created. God creates everyone to be with him. But you got a direct invitation of baptism. 
when our Lord, when God takes possession of your soul and God the Father looks at you as his child, he wants you to, he wants you to be with him forever. That's why God creates anybody. To share in his wonderful life, the heaven, the, the, the wedding feast, or the best image you can get. A beautiful time, wonderful time. So stay awake, get ready now. And each one of us, I ask the Holy Spirit, how do I put oil in the lamp, you know? What might I do to put oil in the lamp? Ask our Lord. That we see, that I see my life, that you see your life from his perspective, his point of view, what he's trying to teach us. Can I change? And can I have, what I was like to say, well, to quote myself, I mean, to have faith, but to have a practical faith. That is faith that's in deeds. You know, faith is, faith is I recently read, faith is not just a noun, it's a verb. Faith is a verb. It means it has, it has practical consequences. And this is what we've come to, to consider. How is God in my life? Where is God in my life? On a daily basis, on a practical basis. What am I doing to fill the lamp, to be ready? Where, where, where are the good works? And I imagine all of you, since you're here, and I suppose those listening, uh, God is in your life already, in some way. But maybe he can be in my life uh, with a bit more prominence, with practical faith. Maybe I have um, a, a more or less acknowledged, but I don't want to admit it, comfort zone that blocks God out of my life or attachments to things that impede me from getting closer to our Lord, walking in, walking the walk. I was going to say, you know, again, with the lamp burning brightly, oil of love of God burning brightly in good works that give glory to God and maybe inspire other people around you. Again, the foolish maidens didn't do anything, you know, bad. Just they weren't ready. It's kind of a lukewarmness, a staleness, a sense of wanting to be good, but without the effort required to be good, without filling the lamp. And I think our, you know, that's where our Lord wants to help us. And again, I ask our Lord, I ask for light. I ask for help to see where is it that my life diverges from what you would like for me, Lord? Where is it that I have a comfort zone, things in my life, attitudes that I don't, I don't battle, I, don't, I choose not to battle, I choose not to confront, that I'm more or less aware of, aware of but I won't bring them to the fore. In meditation on death sometimes knocks us out of that comfort zone. In crossing the threshold of hope, uh, a book of an interview with St. John Paul II, soon after he became Pope, there's a question the author asks about, well, in the retreats and preaching, it doesn't seem we hear much about the last things. This is the last thing, you know, death. 
judgment, heaven, hell, purgatory. And John Paul II, I'm paraphrasing, but he said, you know, we should still do that. The church shouldn't shy away from that. I don't think she really does. He, he goes on to say, but maybe we could do more. And it was wonderful because it made saints. And he goes on to say it made everyday saints. He did talk about, he says, you know, there's the, we can say the heroic saints of, of people risen, raised to the altars whose lives have been dramatic, who have loved God in a, in a very beautiful and, and heroic way and, and great deeds. But they're also All Saints Day we celebrated last week. All those saints who are saints, all those people who went to heaven, ordinary lives. And that's what John Paul, the, the everyday ordinary saints. So I hope it, with that optimism, that confidence, because the Lord tells us a parable and he directs it, well, watch, be ready. And you can be sure he will help. He will help. And be ready so that this conversion of your life to be the desire to be a saint, to love God above all things. We are happier for it. So where is that comfort zone? I like to say that because I think we all, I think it resonates, at least with me, all of us. And we say, how is my life? Well, let's take a look at, quickly take a look at some areas. And again, maybe the Holy Spirit will help you, but do you have, do you have a devotion, daily devotions? Try to get the Mass at a, on a more regular basis. Now maybe it's more difficult. Masses have been reduced in number, but at least now we have them. Or, but anybody, anywhere can dedicate some time to prayer. or taking advantage of the sacrament of confession, again, maybe more difficult at times. But these devotions, these, these sources of grace, they're certainly the sacraments, but also the time of prayer, saying the rosary. Practical faith, filling the lamp with oil means deeds, deeds of charity towards your neighbor, towards those you work with, towards those you live with. That means Probably, for sure, patience, kindness, forgiveness, understanding. I know that resentment can tend to get in, in a certain, with a certain person or a certain situation. Okay, is there forgiveness and understanding? Or at least am I trying to forgive to understand? The resolution I offer is to, to try to see more plainly, clearly, with the grace of God, our life from our Lord's point of view. So that I am ready and so that you are ready to meet our Lord with a lamp filled with oil. And one way to do that is, a, again, a devotion or, a, or an act of piety, a part of the plan of life, we might say, is to each night make an examination of conscience. You may, knew, you may know this, have heard of this. You know, where you stop and you say, well, how did it go today? How did I do? And continuing the analogy, did I put any oil in the lamp? Am I ready for the bridegroom to come? God willing, he'll give you a long life. And years of living and serving him on this earth and enjoying the good things of the world. But each night asking, how are my devotions? Do I 
spend some time in prayer, trying to make an effort to get to the sacraments? How is my three areas? How are things with God? How are things with others? Charity, kindness, forgiveness, understanding, other resentments, critical spirit, somebody I'm not in good terms with. Can I improve that? What can I do? And then crosses. There's always crosses. This life, this earth, there are crosses. We, we, there are difficulties. There are things that go against what we like. Those are opportunities to be with our Lord. Whole nother meditation. But all of these are, are possibilities of winning heaven now. Let's go to Our Lady and, and trust to her under her protection. Any, any resolutions we make, any insights that we've received in this, in this meditation, in this time of prayer. And we always pray, whenever we say the Hail Mary, pray for us sinners now. Now. Now, in these moments, this now, in my life now, so that I put in the oil. And Mary, I pray for your help and intercession at the hour of my death, that I may joyfully, and that I won't fall asleep and be ready to meet your son. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations you've communicated to me in this time of prayer. I ask your help to put them into effect. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my guardian angel, intercede for me.